Welcome to the fifth episode of Hashtag Wolves. I'm your host, Noah, and I'm here with my co-host, Will. New Year's same howl, huh? Yeah, I'm doing good. In today's episode, we'll be covering a lot of games. Um, last Thursday at Milwaukee before the new year. Sunday at Indiana. Monday home against LA. Wednesday on the road at Brooklyn. And Friday at Boston. We'll also do a preview of some of the upcoming schedule. The Wolves have kind of a meat grinder, and it'll be a great uh, test as we go forward. And we'll cover a brief update on the all-star voting for your Timberwolves. Towns and Jimmy in the hunt, but not really uh, decisively at the top of the list. So we'll give you the lowdown on that. And before we jump into games, a little bit of perspective. This stretch that we're covering is the first big sample of games we have without Jeff Teague, where Tyus will be taking a lion's share or has taken a lion's share of the minutes at the point guard position. And it's the first set of games since the Wolves received Lil B's blessing. Uh, Yeah, the base god on Twitter. He threw out a lot of teams and a lot of players. And this podcast is, I would say, Lil B's supporters. We definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex- we're, we're definitely in line. With, I'm happy to hear about the support. Do yeah. you know what the exact tweet was? Was it just the Wolves? Because that'd be bigger. No, no, no. I haven't it, seen actual. It was a list, but it was like five to six teams. And there was a lot of controversy that the Denver Nuggets did not get a shout out and made kind of a social media joke. Everybody's trying to be really <laughs> trendy. They're like, we don't even know who Lil B is. And everyone freaked out like... The Nuggets don't know what they just did. Like, you humbly... Lose millions of tickets. Yeah, exactly. Because he cursed Durant, right? And, I mean, during that time, I think Durant was hurt or either wasn't playing well. Something to the effect of, like, a negative performance. Either way, Lil B, if you're listening, we humbly accept the blessing. We know who you are. Yes, we're very grateful. Very, very grateful. So, uh, and then one more thing on the not playing Jeff Teague. Some people were wondering around Minnesota, how Tyus and Aaron Brooks would split the minutes and what the lineups would look like. So we've got some stats for you. Tyus played starting with Milwaukee, 35 minutes, 27 minutes, 27 minutes, 37, and then 30. So it doesn't really leave a whole lot for Aaron Brooks. Not at all. Yeah, we saw a lot of de facto Jimmy Butler as point guard and Jamal Crawford bringing up the ball and running the offense. So you could almost like consider him a third string, even though there's theoretically two guys on the depth chart, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of the perspective that we have on the week, sort of framing how we're going to view these games. So Noah, why don't you take it away with Thursday at Milwaukee? Yeah, overall, not like the worst week ever, but Milwaukee was definitely a disappointing loss just because we blew a 20 point lead and the eye test for me has said that the fourth quarter isn't exactly our time to shine as opposed to the Lakers game which I'll be talking about where we just we kept going through four quarters this is something where we just dropped it we had 12 points in the fourth I think that it was a season low for our fourth quarter and Bledsoe had six points and two assists down the stretch I think he's actually been a good acquisition for them at least based on this game from what I saw I haven't had much time to watch him but this is one of those games where we just didn't have... I, I like the contrast a lot with the Lakers game because it was a very crisp game. People had 10-plus, like five guys I think had 10-plus, where Cat, Jimmy, and Jamal, their game score was 26, 10, and 8. Towns was 8 for 12. I thought that was great and everything. But in this type of scenario, you really have to... I think the, the Timberwolves, they usually have to have two guys who are kind of 20 points or have Jimmy go for whatever his 48 was. But th- that just really wasn't there. The Wolves scoring 96 when you're not known for your defense. It's just going to be difficult to pick up a win. And obviously that was driven by that 12-point 
fourth quarter. My girlfriend's brother even turned off the game. I'm sure a lot of people did just because he thought Die it was Diehard fan, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Which, which I did actually with the Lakers game. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I, I think I took a nap, but I yeah. <laughs> love my Wolves. So this, it's just, a, I think also I got to thinking about this is a night where you possibly might miss Teague. Because Tyus, he's going to, he's been shown, he's been playing well at the minutes, mm-hmm. as well as you'd probably expect him to. Getting some assists, being pretty efficient in his scoring. But in this night, I believe he went, that was the Lakers, he went one for four. But in this night, I think he would help and come in and get some buckets, or at least have the potential to sort of pick up that slack where only Towns was really the only points performer. Yeah, I'm not big on the scores a lot, but this is a night where you need one when there just isn't anyone. Right, sustain a stretch. Like if you build a 20-point lead, you just need to hold Milwaukee off, keep it at you know 10 to 15, and don't let them continue to let the lead dwindle down. Mm -hmm. Tyus, I noticed played really good defense when him and Jimmy are out there. They get a lot of steals, which is exciting to watch. Yep. I think they had like a 6-0 run kind of by themselves, getting steals and getting out on fast break. But now the expectations are up for Tyus. He needs to kind of fill that next man up role. Yeah, I think he needs to be able to com- – I, I, when he does drive to the basket, it's confident. But I would even say maybe a higher frequency of shots if they're there, especially mm-hmm. on a night like this. Like you, he has to, if he wants to be a starting point guard, he has to be a guy who can somewhat assist his team with points when there's this dire need. I'm not saying he needs to be the top three scorer on the team, but he just needs to have that ability like Teague does where he could even chuck up some threes. And their starting center on the Bucks, Henson went seven for seven. And Who? Blitz- yeah, so, so I, I <laughs> yeah. actually looked up the guy. And Bledsoe went eight for 15. So I think they sort of had the night that we had against the Lakers this week, where it was a very consistent, balanced game, and that helped them just push through in the fourth quarter. Obviously a disappointing game, but we're at Milwaukee. Milwaukee's not a bad team. I think they're very, they sort of have that freakish talent that we had a couple years ago, but you just don't know where it's going to go. Right. And so this is one of those games where they sort of popped off. Yeah, it was on a back-to-back, but when the Wolves are able to get up by 20 points, you should be able to close those games out, even if you're tired. You should, in theory, be able to bring in your entire bench and not drop a 20-point deficit in one quarter. So yes. I don't, I, at that point, I'm all about, there's a lot about rest and everything now, and I believe it to be valid. But once the fourth quarter hits, and yeah, you're up by 20, there's not really a valid argument to be had. Yeah, so disappointing loss for sure, uh, but then turning... Uh, I'm looking ahead to Sunday at Indiana. That was really a solid wire-to-wire victory. And we even saw the Wolves get out and run on fast break a little bit. And maybe that's a product of Teague being gone and Tyus running the offense because Teague was really a slow slow it down and get into our half-court offense. So that, I think, provided a little spark for the Wolves offensively. We should say for the Pacers, no Victor Oladipo. And he's been playing really really well between him and Sabonis yep I think people were saying you know did the Pacers win the trade with Paul George I think so far they yeah. did maybe not over the years or over a long period of time but I mean 20 30 games it's it comes out that I would say they've won it so far right yeah. and I've always been a fan of Oladipo and it seemed like I thought his game would translate really well from Indiana but he just had a slow start to his career bouncing around Mm -hmm. so it's a bummer not to see him play but kind of good news for the Wolves that they were able to handle a shorthanded Indiana team Uh, the Wolves started on a 17-0 run which is really fun to see some defense and some offense just jump out and that was after a big bucks run the night before yep and so 
Again, so if you see the first quarter like that, let's try to keep that through the fourth. Maybe that's rust. Maybe that's being tired or just getting lazy, but who knows? Mm -hmm. So you get out on that 17-0 run, and you're able to build up a 29-point lead after three quarters. So going into the fourth, you have a 29-point lead. I mean, it's kind of like it's the same magnitude as a 20-point lead against the Bucks, but this time Tibbs was able to rest some starters, and we had a Cole Aldrich sighting and a dunk. So he's still got it, probably raised his trade value there. And just looking at the box score, Jimmy played well. He had 26. Taj had 17 and 9, which we love to see. Wiggins with 14. We'll, we'll say that's pretty passable. And Towns, 18 and 14. So really nice spread of performance and letting the bench get on the floor. I thought it was a good win. Yeah, a very, almost like a, a typical win. I yes. this, I'm looking at this box score here, and it looks almost par for the course. Jimmy getting the most points. Taj doing it efficiently and getting some boards. Taj not scoring a lot, but doing the other things. Yes. So I, I think if we keep up those games, it'll show over time. And like you said, I think it's the perfect analogy to the Bucks game in Indiana. You're you're two. You're at an Eastern Conference team in both cases, and you're going in with a similar lead into the fourth quarter in both cases, and you hold it. So I guess they learned. And then I mean, LA also they went into the fourth quarter with yep. a heavy lead and were able to pull through. So mm-hmm. maybe there was some. Uh, Magical locker room talk after the Bucks. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Tibbs got positive for a yeah, bit. Who yeah. Knows? And well, he did, he, maybe it was like kind of the holiday spirit. He did actually play the starter or play the bench. He could have thrown the starters back out there. Yeah. Cole Aldridge. That's, that's a gift. Yeah. We had a working theory that he was doubled as crunch, but yes. it was on the road. So he didn't need to fulfill <laughs> his crunch duties. So. Ooh, so the theory could still persist is what yeah, you're saying. Little cost saving measure by Glenn Taylor there. No one's, no one's fooled by that. <laughs> So do you want to – so then the Bucks game kind of mirrored the Lakers game and the Indiana game. Um, yeah, three very similar games. And I would say this L.A. game was very similar to how we handled the Indiana game. Where mm-hmm. There really wasn't a point where you felt like, oh, shoot, we might blow it. Solid one on the road, traveling for the second leg of a back-to-back. So that's where it would probably be analogous to the Milwaukee game. But, yeah, and I, I think we just – we really just pulled it out. It, I wrote that as my favorite kind of win, just because Wiggins goes seven for sixteen, Gibson five for nine, Towns for seven for fourteen, and Butler eight for fourteen, all across the board, being pretty efficient, sharing the ball, everyone's working it, and I, I, honestly, I'm fine with Wiggins goes seven for sixteen. Those still aren't really in. That isn't like an efficient field goal percentage just yet. And I guess that's what we've been expecting out of Wiggins. But what I've been talking about is it doesn't do other things. But in this game, he got nine boards, six for seven for the free throw line, four assists, two steals. Like, totally unlike his usual stat line. Yep. And so I'm fine if we have a score like that. It's almost a um, somewhat like a Westbrook kind of night. Westbrook hasn't been shooting well this year, but he's been able to do the other things. I think if we can see that out of Wiggins and use his athleticism elsewhere, more than fine if he scores 14 off seven for 16 or whatever he scored off seven for 16. And so I was going to say that someone injected a little bit of the, the timber bulls into that game because it looked like Wiggins was like a combination of Butler and Tosh. Good. Yeah. And I mean, sub five, 50% shooting isn't great, but you'll, you'll take it with the other stats or if he's able to balance it nights where he goes eight for 12, you know, and shoots more efficiently. But he's just been combining these nights consistently with like seven for 18, seven for 19 kind of games and giving up turnovers and not getting these steals, rebounds and assists. Mm -hmm. That's when I get total like anti Wiggins. Right. 
I'm I'm fine with if we had this every night. Especially with the balanced scoring. Uh, the thing that jumps out to me from your notes is Butler 11 for 11 from the free throw line. And he's been doing that a lot. Like, that's not, that's a normal. Yes. We that's can, not surprising. We cannot discount how big that is. I'm, I want to see as the rest of the season plays out, is Butler playing like a top three two-way player like he was billed to yeah. us? And one thing that really great players do, like James Hart, they get to the free throw line. And just sustain wins that way. I think that's what I'm sure there's a great correlation between being like cold blooded, like the Hardens, yep. and possibly the Butlers and free throws. Yep. It's, I mean, that's why athletic guys who are great shooters sometimes go 60, 70% from the line. So there has to be something else in that equation. And I think Butler doesn't mind being at the line in front of people, even if it's cherry berry time. Yes, that's true. And <laughs> well, it's, for the posting team. it's, um, it's kind of an old school basketball take two, you know, a coach in the huddle going, let's just draw it, let's be aggressive and get to the line. And it is a recipe for success. And if you can shoot it that well from the line, like that, that's great. Cause we have players like Wiggins who aren't super efficient with their free throws. And it's, it's, fr- it's painful to watch. Mm-hmm. Really, really if you painful. look with some of the advanced stats beyond like ties and whatnot and his value over replacement player, a lot of what goes into that is how often you're getting, getting to the line. And Tyus, when he does drive, it feels like he goes like the whole way and almost wants to get that foul. Where Wiggins, we've seen him a hundred times, will fade away or almost shy away from the lane or contact. Yeah, and so I think that can help him step. transition to the next step along with games like this. Mm-hmm. So hopefully Wiggins takes some of that from Butler. But yeah, definitely overall a solid win. We were one and zero on the year. Get it? Twenty eighteen one and zero. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. New, um, new wolves. <laughs> yeah, so that. Unfortunately, that came to a screeching halt at <laughs> Brooklyn, which was an extremely frustrating game. I I got a lot of text messages about this game from people watching. I think maybe because I've been sharing that, like, we're doing this podcast, so they go, oh, you know, kind of what are your thoughts on this or that? Now that you're the expert? Well, yeah, well, so, they, so they're weighing in just like, that bro- it all came crashing together Wednesday night, and I got all inundated with text messages like that. Brooklyn loss was bad. Yeah, there's nothing you can really label it with. Like you said, Nets coming at 14 and 23, 13th in the East. Yep. It, it that that's just a team that this whole like 50 win mantra, like I've been talking about. That's the that's a win you pick up. We have a night of rest. Like there's there, we have none of the usual excuses. So just I'm usually not down on the Wolves luck, but just really crappy game yeah and it it was it was ugly the it was one of those where the nets and wolves were really going back and forth as i was keeping track of the game uh no one was really pulling ahead which made me nervous because i don't see a lot of games where the wolves kind of stay close stay close stay close and then jump out ahead of a team we normally jump on a team lose the lead and hold on for dear life yeah Mm mm-hmm so, or, or yeah, or stay up by two and then yeah, and then drop the win. Right, probably so what did happen this game. Jimmy had a shot at the end to win it, and uh, some of the local radio stations were getting into whether or not it was a good take or something. We shouldn't be in that situation against Brooklyn. Always my biggest thing. Yeah, right. So it like don't blame Jimmy if you liked the shot or didn't. It was just not a good win altogether. Um, we were down early and just couldn't hang on or couldn't pull out ahead. And the Nets roll out these players that I have just never heard of. And they all have just such horrible hair. So watching it, <laughs> watching it was painful on so many levels. 
Yeah, if you're 13th in the East, there's like there's 20, a glaring issue. Yeah, which what that accounts to like 19th in the West or or like top three in the <laughs> yeah. G League How's in the that West. Work? Yeah, it's so that was a really frustrating loss. Um, but we'll move on because I was really looking forward to a marquee game last night against Boston, and the Wolves played well. Uh, but fall to the Celtics. I wouldn't say it was a bad loss because it was on the road at Boston. Yeah, yeah, at Boston, and they're a very good team. But we have a stretch of games upcoming that's really rigorous, and we want to see now as the Wolves' schedule gets a little bit harder, how they can show out against these top teams, the East and West. Mm-hmm. As a fan, you say, "Oh, they dropped two in a row and get down in your luck." But Brooklyn, no justification. But Boston, I think there's almost all the justification to drop right. something like that. But yes, to to break that elite tier that I don't think we're going to this year, I don't I don't see us winning a lot of these types of games mm-hmm. against the top five sort of NBA teams. I don't think we, we belong there and and I guess this game just shows that more. Right. And it was it was one of those similar kind of slow bleed losses, kinda of like Brooklyn, except just the flip side where we were always trying to catch up to Boston and eventually there was kind of a seven point tier that was pretty solid throughout the end of the third and fourth quarter that we just couldn't break into. I think it's similar to when you watch the Warriors, especially with the Wolves teams of the past few years. And when the Wolves are up by five and you would still just bet all your money on a 50 50 line on the Warriors because yep. you, cause you're just so sure that they're a better team. You even forget who's like who's on. Who's home? Who's road? It just it just doesn't matter. Yes. They're just that much better that those things sort of go away. Mm-hmm. And the I think the standout uh, stat for the Wolves would be Towns had twenty five and twenty three, and I think he's been playing markedly better defense. So he's been stepping up his game. We should check into his defensive RPM for all the kind of. There's some criticism around that stat as well, but. He played really well, I think, just with the depth of the Celtics and how they can platoon swap, like, scrappy role players, <laughs> yeah. and then they have Kyrie really facilitating the offense. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's going to be a really tough matchup for the Wolves. I do think the Wolves, uh, sorry, Towns has solidified himself as easily, like, the second best player on our team. Mm-hmm. And I think some people would even edge in, like, at least this week, Towns being the best. Right. You can go all day, but I think those two have created a clear separation from the rest of the team. From the pack. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, Lone Wolves, maybe. Right, yes. (laughs) And I I just, yeah, they're so separate. Like, everyone else on our team can't put up these numbers that Towns and Butler can, and they've probably done it five, six nights this year. It's it's just apples and oranges at this point. Mm -hmm. And unless Wiggins makes some crazy changes i don't think he's gonna make a case for himself yeah i agree and it so it wasn't a bad loss but maybe looking forward to the next stretch of games we want to be able to step up and beat some of these good teams so the the games that we're talking about uh in the stretch coming up we have tonight against the pelicans who aren't an elite team in the west but they do have Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins, which will cause problems for any team. Whenever I hear those two, I, I just I lose sight of why they're not. I I, I want to just say like, why aren't they the best team? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a very very dynamic front court, and I guess it's a very headlining front court of anything. Yes. So who you know who knows about Rondo and the rest of the team and right. what they contribute, but 
that that just scares me so much that I sometimes wonder why they aren't better. Mm-hmm. So we've got them tonight at home. Uh, hopefully we can pull out the win. But then Monday at home against the Cavaliers, we know how good they are. And Wednesday at home against OKC. So that's Yikes. that is a tough stretch. Not a below average team in sight. Right. So. This is why you need those five and zero stretches that we covered in one of our previous episodes. Because to make up for yeah, if you drop a couple games against good teams, you need these those stretches to sustain. So if we go like, give me each the scenarios of the record of this weekend, what you would feel about that? Okay, so if we go one and two, I would imagine we beat the Pelicans tonight and drop. Did I drop a game? We got. Celtics, Pelicans, Cavs, OKC. Okay, gotcha. So amongst those four, so we already dropped one against the Celtics. Yep. If we go one and th- three, it would probably be that we beat the Pelicans and lost to the other teams. That would be disappointing, but I wouldn't be entirely surprised. I would probably be content with two and two and happy with three and one and above. Yeah. Well, well we can't. <laughs> three and one we i would be amazed if the NBA, we beat the pelicans Cavs, and okay yeah i'd be amazed if the nba came out and said you know what that celtics win we're just gonna throw it to the wolves <laughs> adam yeah. silver has been mixing things up if lately. we win one one of the three yeah i just i i get how that sounds one of the next three games i get how that sounds but I don't have a problem necessarily with it because right. you can just make, I guess I'm too much of a realist and that's, that differentiate differentiates me from a regular fan. Yeah. Wait, you're a realist and you still have like a Reddit account. And, yeah. And, okay. Got it. <laughs> What's wrong with me. Right. But it's, it's the Cavs and it's yep. OKC. So I just, and I don't think we're better than those teams. And therefore if we lose to them, I'm not surprised. I don't, you know, I don't really have much more to say to that, but so, yeah. I mean, that being said, so we have beaten the, Pelicans, so they're they're not unbeatable, but they're they're a tough team for those. OKC you know, those two, two and zero. Uh, I think we're two and one against okay. OKC. We've we've given them trouble before, but they're playing a lot better. The they hit their strides. I, I think it's a little bit of like a different team almost. Right, the Cavs. Just I have a tremendous amount of like apprehension about that game because Isaiah Thomas is back, LeBron is playing so well, and they just have. A lot of really good weapons. Just right now, the way they're playing, I think the Wolves have pretty slim chances. They've totally left their the classic Cav beginning of the season woes behind. It's right. not even a headline anymore. It's like it's January and all of a sudden the Cavs are good again. <laughs> sort of like every single season with LeBron's team in the East. Mm-hmm. Second half of the year Packers. That's right. So... I mean, all that being said, we'll, we'll cover it in what, in our next episode. And the Wolves are a good team, so we'll see how they step up and play. Yep. I guess we're just trying to keep the fans calm before we go into the storm. Absolutely. And And if it comes out decent, we'll be happy. Yeah. And we'll we'll, we'll be ecstatic. And I think tomorrow or after this game, it'll be the halfway point for the Wolves. We'll take stock too of how they're doing through like 50% of the games halfway through the season. So mm-hmm. possibly a deep dive on Butler. That's right. So you said, as you mentioned, Jimmy all-star voting, he is the 10th guard in the West after fan voting. Which surprised me. Yes, absolutely. I think he has more of a social media and just a cool guy presence. Some over clout, towns. I think is some clout. Is what the, is, yeah, is that the, the kids, kids say? Saying, yeah. It's what the kids okay. say. <laughs> And, I mean, and the numbers to back it up, but it's the West, so there's always a dime a dozen guys mm-hmm. you can grab. 
the Warriors almost knock him off the starting spot anyway. <laughs> right. We we talked about previously, we think the Wolves probably have enough to get one all-star in just with how good the West is and how the voting works from the media. Mm. You know, you have to be a, a really good team to get your players in. That helps a lot as opposed to teams that are tanking. And I haven't read up totally. So the top the top voted voted person from each conference gets to be the captain and then picks the rest of the team. Right. So theoretically, whoever's the top of those divisions can pick from whoever, or they mm-hmm. can go across conferences above a certain threshold of voting. You know what I mean? Like, could Delavadova make the All-Star game? No. So the okay. All-Stars are all picked, <laughs> and then they stand on the court together, and the captains pick whoever they want. That is so, really cool. Actually. And I think if... well. Not that the all-star game, the competition actually matters, but if Jimmy makes it in, I think the media will give him some love. He would, I would stock pick back him. Up. I would, I would pick him really early, you know. If I'm trying to win the game, yes, because I think Butler would try to win like in, like a backyard game. Yes. More than a lot of players out there. Right. And Towns, he is eighth in the front court for the West. So I don't know if that's just a factor of the front court being a little bit of a smaller, st- Sample size, you really only consider. Well, you have actually you have the three positions, but I, think, I mean also Boogie and Davis, yep. just off the bat, yeah, so, I mean, right away. It would, again with the West, there's a lot of popular figures in the West, mm-hmm. and so. But I am surprised that Butler's below Towns. Right, I I agree. So I think Butler not getting a lot of love from the fans. Towns is having a really great year. If I had to send one of our players to the All Star Game, not named Taj Gibson, I would. I would probably send Jimmy <laughs> was Butler. I do still think he is the third in the voting. If it was to like go exclusively down exclusively Timberwolves, but yes, yes that's I agree. Not relevant. So we'll keep an eye on the All Star voting as we go, and maybe factor that into a deep dive on Jimmy Bucket soon because he's been playing really, really well. The stats. I'll I'll pull something together with. My analytical mind. Yes, and I'll do some eye tests, just kind of thinking in my room about how Jimmy makes me feel. You know, those kind of it, it, it's things. It's a great combo. Maybe yeah, slip in a little bit of why Wiggins and Shabazz are bad, but yeah. that's right. So um, people have been calling for Shabazz tonight against the Pelicans. It's a back-to-back. Noah, your thoughts? I sympathize with the back-to-back argument. Yep, because there is all the stuff about Tibbs running these guys dead, and I, I mean Shabazz is an NBA player. Like, I'm not, I don't think everything was called instant offense. The Wolves need some instant offense. And the answer was Shabazz Muhammad. If he, okay. If we're not putting up shots and there's just a a lackadaisical offense running around there and we throw him in for five to seven minutes, totally fine. Mm. It's when he plays these games where he somehow gets in there for like 15 to 20. I don't know if that's happened this season, but like we've seen it before. I don't want him anywhere near that where he's sort of picking the pace of the game and, directing the team in any a kind sustained of way. stretch of minutes yeah, no, oh yeah none of that but i'm fine to see him checked into the game as, as well as aldrich and brooks if it comes to it yep if whenever we get up by 20 i think we our starters have been blowing leads so why not try the bench i yep. mean 20 I mean, points is a decent amount aldrich is a good defender and rebounder and you can throw george's hunt in there you know he's that- been like a top six player for teams before so yeah I, I i don't think his stock is that low it's just what tibbs sees of him Right. He's not one of Tibbs' guys. so Very Timberbulls. That's right. So if any of that happens, Shabazz, Aldrich, you know, we will cover it in our next episode. Right. So until then, Howell. Howell.